April is Sikh Heritage Month, and obviously this is not the best time for celebration. But oddly, this pandemic is highlighting the community activism of Canada Sikhs in an unexpected way. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is why. My name is uh, Jatinder Singh, and I'm the National Director for Khalsa Aid Canada. Khalsa Aid International was originally started in the UK. We had our 21st birthday just over the weekend. Uh, within Canada, we set up as a non-profit in 2017. Uh, we take part in the international missions that Khalsa is involved in, predominantly in Iraq, uh, Lebanon, Turkey, Africa, and if there's a natural uh, natural disaster, like for example, when they had the um, typhoon in the Philippines, we, we, we went there as well. Um, we've been in Haiti for quite a while, assisting with the orphanages there, and that was since uh, they had uh, their earthquake um, a number of years ago. Unfortunately, a lot of those projects are either on hold or working at a slower scale right now due to COVID and due to the inability to fly around. Uh, within Canada, we've been working at the local level. We've had a lot, we've had chapters from here, Victoria, Nanaimo, um, the Lower Mainland, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, and out in the Atlantic. And we usually have a winter drive where we collect clothes and other items. And that's usually for youth at risk. And we do that annually. Uh, we also have worked when there has been a disaster. So, for example, when they had the flooding last year in uh, Ottawa and Montreal, we sent teams down to help and liaise with the cities and do uh, essentially sandbagging to try to protect a number of homes and, and uh, businesses from flooding. In 2018, we did a a reconciliation agreement with the Ahousit Nation. So in 1860, they were attacked by a ship called uh, HMS Sutledge, uh, whereby I think they had about just under a dozen villages wiped out. Uh, unfortunately, one child was taken by the ship's captain and renamed Sutledge as well. That I think the child's mother had died during the army action. So the Sutledge name comes from Punjab, and that ship was named after the Battle of Sutledge, whereby um, the Sikh kingdom ended and Punjab was colonized. So for us, it was upsetting to know that that name had such a negative connotation. So we reached out to the Housing Nation, and we've now done a agreement with them over the next five years. It will be $200,000, which will be used towards uh, youth development uh, within the Housing Nation. Wow, that's an incredible story. So of all the vast work that you've done, the incredible vast work that Calsa Canada has done, I imagine dealing with a pandemic in Canada is something completely new for you. Yeah, we're used to working in disaster relief where the infrastructure has shut down. I think what's unique here is volunteer safety is paramount. Literally, what's happening at 9 a.m. In, in any given day changes by 5 p.m. due to uh, provincial rules or recommendations. So right now, across the country, we've 
predominantly have been doing either grocery drop-offs or grocery pickups for those who are mobile. And I think we worked in over 600 locations and at the last count as of Saturday um, had helped just over 4,000 people. And what we're doing is, is, as I mentioned, for students who are financially struggling, uh, single parents who cannot go to grocery stores because they don't want to bring their children with them, elderly members of our community who are immunocompromised or their health is such that they shouldn't be going out. We've been helping them with delivering groceries to them or medicines. The other area that we're working is with food banks. So just this weekend, we delivered um, aid to the Surrey Urban Mission Centre as well as uh, sources in, uh, I think it's Surrey and Langley. And we provided them with essentially groceries that would feed just over 1,600 people. And we've committed to working with Surrey Urban Mission um, until the end of the COVID pandemic. So we will be supplying them with items every weekend. That's incredible. Where in the Sikh religion does the spirit of charity come from? It's integral. Uh, it's a concept called seva, um, service. It's always been part of our faith. Um, you know, Khalsa Aid's motto comes from our 10th guru, which is recognize the whole human race as one. We don't distinguish between people. The Sikh Gudwara, the, the Sikh place of worship, has always had a free kitchen. Every Gudwara has a free kitchen that anyone can come in and, you know, obtain a meal from. And that's across the globe. So this is, in some respects, an extension of that, whereby we're helping others. And it's always been an integral part of our faith. I'd like to talk to you a bit as well about Sikh Heritage Month, which unfortunately, is happening at the same time as we're dealing with this pandemic. But could we talk a bit about the importance, the significance of Sikh Heritage Month in Canada? So Sikh Heritage Month is important to for us to promote not only the religious and historical side of, of Sikhism, but also talking about Sikhs within Canada. So I know, for example, Sikh Heritage Month BC, now that because of the pandemic, that they're not having events, but they've, you know, switched to a virtual platform, you know, sharing on social media stories about Sikhs in BC, you know, over the last century, their contribution to the nation. Uh, And I've noticed that a lot of the Sikh Heritage Month groups in the other provinces are doing similar things. You know, one of the things they're highlighting is the plight of the Afghan Sikhs. So unfortunately, at the end of last month, ISIS attacked a Gurdwara in Afghanistan and killed, I think it was about 25 worshippers there. So security, there's a massive issue. Um, The Afghan Sikhs is one of the oldest Sikh communities outside of the Indian subcontinent. And since the beginning of the faith, there's been a community there. Now they went from about 200,000 people just before the Taliban rule down to just a few hundred now. And, you know, their polite is something that's impacting all of us. They're asking for safe haven. There's a number of uh, Afghan refugees who have applied for refugee status to come to Canada. And so a lot of groups are working on that front, not only talking about their unique heritage within Afghanistan, but also their plight right now. I think ISIS said last week to them they have one week to leave the country. And these are people who are Afghans. They've lived there for centuries, and now their uh, security is at risk. So that's 
impacting all of us and with the COVID pandemic on top of that, it's it's a lot more stress. But what we're attempting to do is show their heritage and make pe- more people aware of their plight right now. So you're finding ways to continue your international work within the limitations of the pandemic. Exactly. And, you know, thankfully we have social media. People are sharing stories on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And that that's the way a, a lot of us are interacting. <laughs> People are using Zoom to talk to each other, so socializing similarly in the way others are. And I think that's how the Sikh Heritage Month will be celebrated predominantly online. For us as a humanitarian group, we were always going to do more on the ground work. Our desire had been to do a food bank drive during Sikh Heritage Month to show um, kind of Sikhism in action. The pandemic has, you know, made that tenfold and, you know, we're flat out working doing that now. You know, that's something I hadn't really thought of until you mentioned it in the beginning of this conversation is how international charity work is being affected by the pandemic. When we think of people who uh, and while so many here have suffered so badly because of because of COVID-19, when we think of extremely marginalized people in third world countries who rely so much on the aid that countries like Canada can provide, and now a lot of that aid is being cut off, particularly aid that's provided by smaller organizations or religious organizations because of travel restrictions. I mean, there is a, a huge wave of repercussions for extremely marginalized people uh, outside of what I even considered previous to this conversation. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, for us, for example, in Iraq, we have local people employed there working for us. So we've been able to send funds to, to keep those projects ongoing, but they've been at a reduced level. Within Africa, uh, you know, it was the rain season anyway, and we usually do water projects there. So they were going to start up in March and April, and, and we're still trying to figure out how best to do that. The additional thing for us is it's difficult to ask volunteers even at local levels, and forget having people fly in from abroad, even at local levels, traveling around. Because for every person we're asking to travel around, they're exposing themselves more um, to the virus. So, you know, we have these protocols in place at the local level of, you know, wearing masks, wearing gloves, having volunteers maybe work on a Monday, but then not do anything on a Tuesday or Wednesday to reduce risk. But in more marginalized communities, even getting hold of gloves is almost impossible. So it is very difficult. I mean, here within Canada, you know, working with food banks, you also see the marginalized groups here. So for example, within Victoria, we haven't had as much of a request for groceries, but we have been working with the food banks here and supplying them with tents and sleeping bags because there is a large fear that if the COVID virus gets into the more vulnerable population, it will spread very fast. So, you know, for example, the city of Victoria is asking them to move into certain parks and giving everyone tents so they can isolate themselves as best as possible. So it it is having a massive impact internationally as well as locally. Yeah, I suppose that sort of The sad reality of this virus is that it's revealed there's no shortage of suffering around the world, be it internationally or locally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the little things. Yeah, we we had a request yesterday from a single parent whose son is autistic in Metro Vancouver. 
Now, she likes to take her child daily to the local park because he likes to go on, on the swings. She cannot do that. So we were approached and asked, can we get a swing? And we said, absolutely. So we will be getting a swing for the child. But, you know, even getting that built, we have to be concerned about volunteer safety. It's like, make sure the family stays inside. We will build the swing, sanitize it, leave, and then you can, you know, enjoy it maybe the following day. So there's all these impacts that are occurring. Obviously, we need to shut down the parks. We need to shut down many facilities to reduce the exposure to the virus. But the knock-on effect that has to many people is, is just astounding. Coming up later in this episode. Jitinder Singh, National Director of Khalsa Aid Canada, talks more about the history of Sikhs in Canada, which stretches back to the turn of the 20th century. You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast with global news. Download and subscribe to the podcast now. Welcome back to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast from Global News. I'm your host, Nikki Reitmeyer. In this episode, we're looking at Sikh Heritage Month during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you're like me, then you probably love learning about Canadian history. It's so interesting to learn, especially the more unusual stories about our country. Like, for example, did you know that the very first Sikh immigrant to come to Canada arrived in 1897? And we even know exactly who he was. His name is Kesor Singh, and he was a Rasaldar major in the British Indian Army. So he was a cavalry officer, and the highest ranking one, equivalent to a captain in the hierarchy of the British Indian Army. He actually came here with a group of other cavalry officers who sailed from Hong Kong to Vancouver aboard a ship called the Empress of India, which arrived on our West Coast in May 1897. Now, the group, they were just sort of passing through our great nation. They were actually on their way on a very long journey to England to celebrate Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee. So while Singh carried on to England, other Sikh settlers followed a few years later. In 1905, the first six settlers arrived in Abbotsford to work on farms and in the lumber industry. Here's Chitinder Singh again. He's the national director of Khalsa Aid Canada. The Sikhs uh, started coming here in the 1890s. It was predominantly men to work in the lumber industry. One unique story which we talked about last year was the fact that Canada would not allow the women and children to come. So there was a struggle for two decades to have women and children come. I think Canada at the time knew that if families came here, they will settle. And they didn't want that. They wanted the men to come here and work in what were high-risk jobs. There was a lot of injuries out in the mills, you know, living in um, kind of these cabins. And sometimes, you know, TB would be rampant and people would get sick. But what happened, I think, as a result of World War II and other factors 
British India put a lot of pressure on Canada and said, please let the women in. You know, if we, you know, during the colonial time, if, if it's all considered under one umbrella, then they should be allowed to come. So I think it was um, Christmas Eve in 1919 that they finally had an order in council. And then in the succeeding years, a handful of women and children started coming into Canada. And that's essentially when we're able to really settle here and have a future within Canada. Wow, that's incredible, eh? Yeah, it is incredible. I mean, it's only 100 years ago. There are um, kind of images of, you know, the first women coming in. One of the more interesting stories, which confused me at first, was about a woman who came. She had to change her clothing on the ship because they her husband didn't want her coming off the ship wearing her kind of traditional Indian clothing because of racism. So she changed on the way, came off the ship. And then what she found hard was having to stand and cook because within India, uh, you know, everything's a bit lower down. They tend to sit down and they do their cooking and here the stoves were higher up. So her first shock was having to stand all day and do her chores. And, you know, they were predominantly at home cooking. So, you know, it's little peculiar things that you wouldn't afford, Arthur, but you know, these were their kind of life experiences a hundred years ago. It's true. And I think it's an it's a accumulation of those small cultural differences that can make it uh, such a challenge when you're a new immigrant. Yeah, absolutely. And for those earlier cases with, with those women coming, you know, life was much harder. They were out near where these mills were. They were predominantly at home, um, not really going out much, you know. But, you know, you, you look now 100 years later and the sick men and women are in, in every field and succeeding and, you know, truly part of Canadian fabric. As you heard Jatinder say earlier, Khalsa Aid is helping Canadians during the COVID-19 pandemic with food and assistance any way that they can. Another Sikh faith-based organization who are providing meals to those in need is Guru Nanak's Free Kitchen. Raman Kara is the volunteer coordinator. We've collaborated with other organizations and we're trying to be creative in how we can provide that support. So one of the projects we're doing is we're collecting donations and then we're buying ingredients for meals from wholesalers and then we're uh, donating it to the Gutwara so they can prepare the meals and then we uh, go and uh, drop it off at seniors, individuals dealing with the domestic violence, anyone that is essentially in need of that support. You can find out more information at gnfk.org and you can reach Kalsa Aid at kalsaaid.org. Be safe, physically distance, and uh, keep washing your hands, please. This Is Why is produced by me, Nikki Reitmeyer, and the team of Adam Choi and Dave McIver. This show is a podcast, and it's also a radio show. So if you want to hear this episode again, or any other episode, just go online to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you already listen to podcasts. Just download and subscribe right there. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you again soon.